Hey guys, welcome back to Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode 86. Pretty uh, loaded pod today. We're going to start off with UFC 285 reactions, go through the headlines, and then what's next for some key fighters on the card. Going to get into my updated top 16 men's MMA fighters of all time. Um, overreaction or not, NFL offseason edition. Best landing spots for these NFL stars who could be on the move. My third college basketball seed rankings. My top 11 college basketball favorites to cut down the net. And then we're going to go through my my major, the major six conference term predictions, which have started today. Uh, I believe one of the ACC games started today, but we'll get into that. I have my predictions already down as of like a couple nights ago. And then we'll do a 7.0 NFL mock post the combine, what I'm hearing uh, post combine, you know, on post, you know, Jalen Carter's arrest, could that hurt him? I, you know, I, I heard some teams could be a little turned off by what happened. So uh, we'll see where I have him placed in the mock. Again, I think by the time my final mock comes around, I think it'll come back to where he's probably the number one guy. He is not the number one guy today, though, for me. Um, and so we'll get into that. But let's get into UFC 285 headlines. John Jones locked in as the GOAT. He defeats Cyril Gaon in round one, two minutes in. Um, via guillotine submission. Um, it was rather easy for John. Uh, I I did pick John with my submission. Did not have it to be that quick. Uh, that was surprising to me how fast he got it. It now sets up a fight probably with Stipe Miocic, um, the greatest fighter of all time versus the greatest heavyweight of all time, in my opinion. Um. Yeah, John just looked dominant. You know, I, I thought I think you know John even agreed. I thought he looked a little weird on the feet, and I think it was you know fighting for the first time with that new carrying that new weight on the feet. You know, not fighting. I think on the feet it definitely hurts you timing wise when you're out for three and a half four years. And I think John and John said that he said I felt a little weird on the feet. Not gonna lie, he said that. But he said once I got him to the ground, I knew this was my world, and he didn't want to be there, and it was over. But yeah, John Jones easy win over Cyril gone. Like I said, we'll get into what's next for all these fighters after. Uh, Alexa Grasso shocks the world. Submits, submits Valentina Shevchenko in what was it, round four? I guess we can just, let's just pull up the, I, let's just pull up the UFC 285. Let's see, round four submission, I believe. Yeah, yes, round four submission over Valentina Shevchenko. Um, What a fight. I mean, she fought well, I thought. I thought she was, I thought, I thought maybe she won. It was round one where she hurt her. I thought she could have won that round. I wonder if they have the... Um, let's see. UFC 285 scorecards. They probably have them. Like, I just want to see what did they have, like... Did they have Shevchenko up? So the scorecards did give Grosso round one, which is the round I already gave her, and I thought she was. That's fair. So all the judges were unanimous. I thought those are great cards. 2-1 Shevchenko heading into the fourth. That's what I had it as, I thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, Grosso, I thought she fought very well. Um, I thought she looked very good. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I, you know, people seem to think that Shevchenko, you know, that's, that's, that's two straight fights where fighters have gotten her back. 
And, you know, I think it could be a problem, honestly. I don't think it, I don't know if it's just, is it a mistake when you do it again at the high level? Is it, is it just a mistake? I don't know. Um, I saw the odds opening were like minus 180 Shevchenko plus 155 Grosso. Would I lean Shevchenko in the rematch? Sure, because I do think she was getting the better of it on the feet. Would I be shocked if Grosso won again? No, I don't think I would, honestly. I really don't think I would. But uh, it was a great fight up until, you know, it was a great fight for Shevchenko. After that first round, she really turned it around. And then up until that moment, you know, lost her the fight. But congrats to Alexa Grosso. And that was a huge win. And what I think now we have three Mexican-born champions in the UFC. We got Brandon Moreno, now Alexa Grosso. And then we have Yair as the interim champion. Obviously, you know, People like don't seem to want to count that, but he is the interim champion in the featherweight division, so that does count. So we got three Mexican-born champions. Shout out Mexico! Congrats to Alexa Grasso. It was a great fight, and I can't wait for the rematch. I'm interested in the rematch because I'm sure that'll happen, right? Uh, Shavkat is legit. What a fight that was! Uh, I will say though, I think there. If you're uh, if you were like if you were like uh, a top five guy and you were like a little nervous about having to fight him, I would say that I'd be a little less nervous, even though he got this win and it was a, a war and he showed he can take shots, right? Um, there's more openings than people thought. How good is the wrestling? Especially if you face guys like Colby Covington, Hamzat Shimaev, Kamaru Uzman, uh, Bilal Muhammad, who are great wrestlers. Can you get the takedown? But does it matter? Is he too? Is he him and Hamzat's the fight, man? That's the fucking fight. It's not going to happen next. We, you know, rumors that Hamzat's going up to one eighty five, but there is one matchup in particular that I'd be very interested in, and for Hamzat, and we'll get to that on what's next. But or not Hamzat, Shavkat, sorry. Um, but Jeff Neal fought. He missed weight. Yeah, I thought he fought very, very good. He landed some big shots on uh, Shavkat, man. Big shots. Shavkat was just able to take him and. You know, he got, he was, you know, he just able to take him and he kept moving forward and landing big punches on Jeff Neal. And what a submission that was in round three. The judges did have him up 2-0 heading into the third, which I would agree with completely. Um, so that was a great win for Shavkat. Uh, Gamrot squeaks by Jalen Turner. Um, Jalen Turner just got a look at, I think, if he had some wrestling defense, I think he walked through Gamrot. When he was letting loose and letting the hands go and the kicks go, he was tagging Gamrot at will. So the scorecard's red. So the first round to Gamrot, okay, that's what I, I kind of thought. Or no, no, this guy had first round to Jalen Turner, and then the last two to Gamrot. This guy had first round to Gamrot, last two to Jalen Turner, which is very interesting to me. I thought Gamrot won. At the end of the fight, I, thought, I think he won two rounds to one. That's what I thought. Um, like I said, Jalen Turner's um, wrestling defense just wasn't at the part. But we've seen now with Gamrot against Dariush, when he couldn't just wrestle, he lost on the feet. When he wasn't wrestling Turner, he was getting lit up on the feet. This is going to be an issue with Gamrot, right? When you have to fight the likes of, if you have to fight the likes of Gaethje, uh, possibly Dariush again, Islam, uh, Volkanovski, maybe if he's the champ again, um, these guys have good wrestling defense or Gaethje should have good wrestling defense. And then what happens if you stand on the feet to me, it looked more like if Gamrot fought Gaethje, I would pick Gaethje to win that, that kind of, kind of moved me over in that one. I didn't, I wasn't impressed with Gamrot at all in this fight. Um, Jalen Turner's wrestling defense just wasn't there. And I think if it was, he would have won. 
I think Jalen Turner was just picking him apart on the feet, but he couldn't stop a takedown. Uh, Bo Nickel will be dominant in the UFC. Yeah, easy win for Bo Nickel. Obviously, no need to look at those cards. Gets a finish. Did he knee him in the? Did he knee him in the jobber? I have no idea if he kneed him down low. It looked like it could have been low. It really did, but it was dominant. It was easy, and uh, I don't think, like I said, I don't think you like massively throw him to like the top fifteen. But I think you definitely take a step up in competition for sure over Jamie Pickett. Uh, Cody Garbrandt backs his way into unanimous decision win. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. I mean, I was impressed with the composure of Cody. So here's the thing. Cody, for the longest time, was too reckless, right? Um, And then this fight, he was very cautious. He used the wrestling, which I love to see him use the wrestling because he is a good wrestler. So I love to see him use the wrestling. That was smart. On the feet, though, he just looked extra cautious and like, he just didn't want to get hit, and I don't think I think he was just trying to. I don't want to get into a firefight here, and it's not even about getting into a firefight because remember the guy that fought Dominic Cruz mixed it up so well. He was so good and so smooth, and it just didn't look like that guy. And I don't know if he can ever get back to that guy, but he's got to figure out a way to be a hybrid of that guy to where he can still let the hands go. It doesn't have to be, you know, he's out there really just throwing you know one shot and then trying to move and move away, right? He could still throw, you know, you don't have to throw six-punch combinations, but man, two three-punch combinations somewhere because he still has power. There's no doubt he's still got power. And if he can mix in the wrestling, he can be a very dangerous fighter in this weight class. If he can get, but if he, he has to get the confidence back on the feet, and that's what I don't think he did in this fight. He did not get the confidence back in his feet. Um, on the feet. He did not get the confidence back, in my opinion. So the judges were unanimous all round, which I was too. Cody won the first two rounds, lost round three. I would agree with that completely. Uh, I will say, Dracus Duplessis did not impress me. It didn't impress me. There's a gas tank issue. There is a gas tank issue with Duplessis. Um, I think the next fight, well, we're going to get into the next fight him. The Obviously, the corner threw in the towel. Brunson was severely hurt. He wasn't going to be able to answer the bell anyway. The towel throwing him was a good call. Um, I was not impressed by Brunson, which I think he's going to retire as he should. He's almost 40. He's had a hell of a career, but I was not impressed with Drake's Duplessis. Um, in the Darren Till fight where he dominated round one, he gassed until got, Till looked decent in round two and got some big punches off. And then Duplessis able to get it done in round four with the rest, round three with the wrestling. But I was not impressed by Drake's Duplessis in this fight with Derek Brunson at all. I don't know if other people were. I was not. I thought he was sluggish. Again, I, I think there is a cardio issue. And uh, but I, I we will get into his next fight. He's calling for a top three guy number one tender fight or a title shot. I don't think he's one fight away or next in line for a title. I still think he would need two impressive wins to get up there for a title shot. Um, Ian Gary gets dropped early, recovers late, recovers to get a late stoppage. Yeah, Ian Gary lighting him up early, and then he gets caught with the left hook. And then man, round two, he really just started to put it on and put a battering on Keenan's face, and then he was able to get the late finish. Ian Gary is spectacular. Um, his striking is world-class, in my opinion. I think it's already world-class. Um, still raw, though. I'm not saying we throw him to the wolves at all, but I do think that he uh, is ready for another step up. I do think he's ready for another step up. So let's get into what's next. For Ian Gary, I would go Danny Roberts. Um, I think it is a step up from Song Kinnon. Um and I just think it's a, you know, it's a, just keep eat, keep. Etching his way up the ladder. You don't need to go crazy, though, and go top 15. But 
get him up there. For Duplessis, again, like I said, I wasn't impressed. He would want, I think, so if he's wanting top three, that means he's wanting Kanier or Whitaker. I don't think that's right to do. I think he gets mauled by both those guys. For Duplessis, I'd go Sean Strickland. I think Sean Strickland is the fight to make. Sean's down to fight anybody. I think Sean's cardio, this should, I would put it, I would, let's test Duplessis though. Five round fight night main event against Sean Strickland. What happens if Duplessis can't get the finish in the first two rounds? Sean Strickland's got great cardio. He can go all day. That's a tough fight for Duplessis, but that will show you where he's at. And I think I'll be proven correct that he's not ready for that elite of the division. And I don't even think Sean Strickland's necessarily elite, but he's on he's on the he's at the level the level right outside the, the elite, in my opinion. And I don't even know if Duplessis is ready for those guys, Paulo Costa type guys. I don't think he's ready for those guys. So yeah, let's. I would go to Sean Strickland. That's a good test, in my opinion. Cody Garbrandt. Let's go back to uh, Ronnie Yaya, who is supposed to fight. Um, I think Ronnie Yaya makes a ton of sense. He's definitely higher. He's definitely better and higher ranked up there in the rankings than uh, Trevin Jones. I still think it's a tough fight, but I think it's a very winnable fight for Cody. I don't think after this fight, Cody should be fighting in the top fifteen. Really, maybe even the top twenty. But if Ronnie Yaya, I think I saw I was on the MMA World Rankings, which I use for my rankings a lot. They had Yaya right around like 1920. I think that's fair. And let's do that fight. I think that's a fight to make. Bo Nickel. Like I said, I think a jump up. Eric Anders, a really good striker. It's talking to me about can Anders, can Anders, you know, can he get off early and can he stop the shot? Can he stop the takedown? But I think that's a that's a necessary step up for Bo Nickel. Jalen Turner. It was supposed to be Dan Hooker. I don't know how long Dan Hooker's out, but why not Dan Hooker if Dan Hooker is back soon? I think you go Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner and run that fight. I think that's a great fight. Mateus Gamera, like I said, I wasn't impressed. So you got to think about the lightweight rankings. Dustin Poirier sitting there. He could possibly get the next title shot against Islam, right? Charles is fighting Dariush. Gaethje's fighting um, Rafael Fazeev. If, if they don't give Poirier the shot and Fazeev or Gaethje were to win, I think one of them would probably fight Poirier. Michael Chandler also fighting Connor, so he's, bu- he's booked up. I think Gamrot fights the loser of Gaethje and Fazeev. I don't think he gets like a big name up top. I don't. I don't think he was impressive. He lost to Dariush, and then I don't think he was ultra impressive to me in this fight. So I think the loser of Gaethje Fazeev is who he should fight next. Jeff Neal stock did not fall. Obviously, got to make weight, but stock did not fall. I'll say loser of Burns and Masvidal. I think that's the correct match. I think either one of those fights are just barn burners. So I would go Burns, Masvidal, loser. For Shavkat, Bilal Muhammad, I think that's the easiest fight to make. Hamzat's at 185, probably. We don't know what Colby's doing. You know, is Colby a, a, you know, they don't always announce these backups. Is Colby a silent backup here for Usman Edwards? We don't know. I think Bilal Muhammad makes a ton of sense. Alexa Grasso, Valentina Shevchenko rematch for sure. That'll probably happen. Cyril Gaon, tough spot for this cat, you know. One and two in his last three, albeit he's lost to the two best heavyweights on planet Earth and the great the greatest fighter on planet Earth and the greatest heavyweight on planet Earth and uh, John Jones and Francis Ngannou. I think the loser of Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. I think that's who he should fight next, and I would I would guess that he would want it to be Sergey Pavlovich that loses the Blades because um, the wrestling seems to be an issue. Um, because I do think they're going to do Jones Stipe, which is obviously the one that I have for Jones in July. I would guess the winner of Pavlovich Blades will probably either be will probably be the backup for that fight, and then they will be guaranteed the title shot after. So I would say the loser would fight Sorogon. Like I said, Jones Stipe's fight to make greatest heavyweight of all time, greatest fighter of all time. 
So let's get into my updated top 16 men's, men's uh, fighters of all time. Again, I don't care what people say about my rankings. Um, You know, they can call me a Khabib hater for how low I have him. Dude has four tough fights. Look at his first 20 fights in his career. And look at John Jones' fights in his career. Look at GSP's fights, Anderson Silva's fights, Stipe, Daniel Cormier, uh, Jose Aldo, Matt Hughes, Fedor, BJ Penn, Adi Asanya, and Usman. So, guys have fought in so much better fighters. So I'm going John Jones 1, simple. GSP 2, Anderson 3. I think that should be... It doesn't have to be in that order. I would say John Jones solidified as 1, and I've always had GSP at 1 until now. So I would go GSP 2 for sure, and then lock Anderson at 3. I think that's the consensus top 3. I think 4 through 16 can be... It's going to be your opinion. I have Stipe Miocic at 4. He has 5 heavyweight title defenses in the UFC. That is unheard of. Or maybe even six. No, five. Yeah, five heavyweight title defenses. I'm going Mighty Mouse at five. Demetrius Johnson. I'm going Daniel Cormier at six. He, uh, you know, yeah, the only thing that is, if Cormier would definitely be over Stipe if he would have won that trilogy. If he would have outdone Stipe in the trilogy, he would be over Stipe. He'd be the greatest heavyweight of all time, in my opinion. I'm going Daniel at six. I'm going Alexander Volkanovsky at seven. I'm going Jose Aldo at eight. Matt Hughes at nine. Fedor at 10, BJ Penn at 11, Israel Adesanya at 12, Kamaru Usman at 13, Habib at 14, Randy Couture 15, and I went Dominic Cruz 16, who is still my greatest bantamweight of all time. So those would be my updated top 16 men's MMA fighters of all time. So let's get into some overreaction not NFL offseason edition. Derek Carr to the Saints makes him the favorites to win the NFC South. Let me get a drink for I answer that. I do believe it does because we don't know what the South's going to look like. No Brady, who's the Bucks quarterback? Panthers searching for a quarterback. Falcons probably bring in a vet and with Desmond Ritter. So yeah, with the Saints defense, I would like to, I would say the Saints would be the favorites to win the NFC South. I would I would say that is a nod and overreaction. Anthony Richardson should be the first quarterback taken. Um. I would still if I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a on next week's pod I'm gonna have a more in depth breakdown of my top seven or top six at each position for this draft. I think I would I know Anthony, he's climbed over Will Rich, Will Levis for me. I think I still like Stroud and uh, Bryce Young a little better, but I understand if you would take if Anthony Richardson was the first, was the first quarterback taken because all the intangibles. But I'm gonna say it's a slight overreaction. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver in the draft. Not an overreaction. He is. I've said it from the, the entire time. But after last year, and then even after this year. So the, the 2021 season, I said he was. 2022 season, even now he didn't play, he still was, in my opinion, in this class. The best wide receiver. If Rodgers goes to the Jets, they're the favorite to win the NFC East. So they would be in the, they're in the Bills, Patriots, and Dolphins. That is a fucking tough division to go to. A tough. Rodgers' two, two likely landing spots are unbelievably tough divisions. The East and the AFC with the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Patriots, and then the AF- and then the AFC West with the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. I don't know if they're the favorite, but they would definitely be right there. I'm going to say slight over. No, no, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say that with the Jets' defense and the weapons that Roger could have, and if their O line can get healthy and Brees Hall at the running back, I'm going to say they would win. I'm going to say it's not an overreaction. I would favor the Jets to win the AFC East. 
Bears should trade fields to get a ton of draft capital and draft a QB at one. I've gone back and forth on this because I've heard, for me, it's an overreaction. But I understand what people are thinking. Is Fields a for, did Fields have a good season last year? Yes. Is he a for sure thing to be like a great franchise quarterback? I would still say not because he's still got to improve in the passing. So the one thing that where it made sense was if you trade Fields, right? Let's say you trade Fields and you drafted, let's say you wanted Bryce Young at one or you wanted Anthony Richard or CJ Shroud at one. Um, you reset your you reset the clock on when you have to pay your quarterback. You get an extra you get an extra couple years. You get four years now. You get four to five years now of not having to pay a quarterback. It's not a bad idea, but I would keep field. So I'm gonna say it's an overreaction. T. Higgins will be on a new team come next season. Not an overreaction. I think he will. There's a reason why contract's not getting signed. I think he will be on a new team next year. And the Bengals know they can get a pretty good haul for him. Cowboys should have tagged Leighton Van Der Esch over Tony Pollard. Not an overreaction. They should have. They should have tagged Van Der Esch. Because you, they better be cutting Zeke now. Because you can't be paying running back $25 million. Two running backs $25 million and try to win a Super Bowl. Can't happen. So let's go to the best landing spots for these stars. We're going to start with Aaron Rodgers. So top three for each of these guys. I'm going Jets one. Because I think it's, I think it's the team out of the three I had. I couldn't really find a third, and I threw in a third just because they, you know, they could be interested. Um, I think the Jets have the best, the most complete team. Yeah, they don't have Devontae Adams and Deron Waller, but they do have a pretty solid receiving core. The O line should be good if it's healthy. They have a good, two good young running backs, a really good defense. I think it's the New York Jets at one. I think it's the Raiders at two, and I only think the Raiders are in consideration because Devontae Adams is there, but also. You have Josh Jacobs, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Jerome Waller. It's still a very – but the defense is a question. You have to win more shootouts in that uh, division. You have to win a ton more shootouts in that division than you do with the Jets. You can win games 20-17 to 17 with that defense, 17-14. You can win low-scoring games with that. You cannot win low-scoring games with the Raiders. And I threw Tampa Bay in there at three because let's say Tampa Bay, you know, we've heard the rumors that they could trade Mike Evans and, you know, could get unloads of people. But what if Aaron Rodgers was interested – and they're like, man, we could just get Rodgers and still compete. We go from Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers, and we still have all these weapons. Got to retool the O-line somehow, though. So I took Tampa Bay in there at three. Jalen Ramsey. I went Dallas Cowboys one. And I know this is a bit of a homer thing to say, but, man, could we, we could use a, another great corner. And necessarily, do we need a Jalen Ramsey? No. Because we technically don't need a number one. We need a, number two, a really good number two. But I'm not going to argue if we had Jalen Ramsey and Trayvon Diggs as our two corners next year. I want the Bills three. I think they need def- they need help in the secondary for sure. And then I want the Raiders at three, or the Bills at two, Raiders at three. They need help in the secondary all over. And I think he's going to want to go to a big-time team, a true contender. I think the Bills are a true contender. The Cowboys are borderline. Raiders, mm, it's iffy, but they're a big city. I think that's what Jalen Ramsey is going to look for. DeAndre Hopkins won the Kansas City Chiefs easily. The Chiefs should definitely make a play for him. Two, the Dallas Cowboys. We also need another receiver. So I would not mind DeAndre Hopkins coming to Dallas for a couple years. Uh, And I went Denver Broncos at three. Help out Russ. You know, would you really not consider trading a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins if you were the Broncos? Mike Evans. I went Chiefs. I think the Chiefs should be at the top of both these lists. I think they should look to get either one of these guys. 
So I went the Chiefs to the number one option because why would that? Why would either of these receivers not want to go play with Patrick Mahomes? I went the Buffalo Bills at three, at two for Mike Evans. You could move off Gabriel Davis, and you have Mike Evans and Stephon Diggs. I went the New York Jets at three. Yeah, what if you get Rodgers? You could still somehow get Mike Evans. You trade one of your young receivers to get Mike Evans in there for Rodgers to have another to have a great an all time great receiver. Derrick Henry tougher for running backs. I went Miami Dolphins one. I think that would be very interesting. I went the Los Angeles Rams at two if they stay in the mode of trying to win. And I went the Baltimore Ravens at three. Yes, I know they have J.K. Dobbins and some young running backs, but they're injury prone. Why not pair Lamar Jackson with Derrick fucking Henry? All right, so let's go into my college bas- my third college basketball seed rankings. My ones as of now, in order, these are in order of how I would have them ranked. So like one, this would be one through 24. Kansas at one, Houston at two, Alabama three, UCLA four. They creep into my ones. My twos, Purdue, Texas, Marquette, Kansas State. My threes, Arizona, Baylor, Gonzaga, and UConn. My fours, Tennessee, Virginia, Indiana, Miami. My fives, Xavier, St. Mary's, San Diego State, Texas A&M. Sixes, Kentucky, TCU, Creighton, and Providence would be my sixes. Providence got to be careful, though. I was creeping on that six line. So then let's get into my top 11 college basketball favorites to cut down the nets. I have Houston as my ultimate favorite to cut down the net. I have Kansas at two. I actually have Marquette three, UCLA four, Alabama five, UConn six, Purdue seven, Arizona eight, Texas nine, Creighton 10, and Gonzaga 11. Those would be my top 11 favorites to cut down the nets. Not off rankings, just the top 11 teams I like. A lot. So, okay, we got, so we're going to finish off these last two segments. We got the major six conference tournament predictions, and then we have my 7.0 NFL mock draft. So, let's get into the conference predictions. We're going to start off with the Pac 12. Round one teams that got buys UCLA, Arizona, USC, Oregon. So, first round, eight seed Washington, nine seed Colorado. I'm taking Colorado to advance. Five seed of Washington State, 12 seed Cal. Give me Wazoo to advance. Seven-seeded Utah, 10-seeded Stanford. Give me Utah. Arizona State as the sixth versus 11-seeded Oregon State. Give me ASU to advance. Quarterfinals. Number one, UCLA. Number nine, Colorado. I'll take UCLA. Number four, Arizona. Number five, Washington. Number four, Oregon. Number five, Washington. Give me Oregon to advance. Number two, Arizona. Seven-seeded Utah. Give me Zona to advance. Three-seeded USC, six-seeded Arizona State. Give me Arizona State to win. That's one of the upsets I have here. Six over three, Arizona State to the semifinals. So we got one-seeded UCLA, four-seeded Oregon. Give me UCLA to advance to the finals. Two-seeded Zona, six-seeded Arizona State to break the tie. Give me Arizona, though, to advance. I think that that could be enough, though, for Arizona State to get to the tournament. Pac-12 tournament finals. One-seeded UCLA. Two-seeded Arizona, UCLA wins the Pac-12 tournament. The Big East, the buys, Marquette, Xavier, Creighton, UConn, Providence. So round one. I didn't know that they only had 11 teams in the Big East. Uh, Eight-seeded St. John's, nine-seeded Butler, give me St. John's to advance. Seven-seeded Seton Hall, ten-seeded DePaul, give me Seton Hall to advance. Six-seeded Nova, 11-seeded Georgetown, I'll take Nova. So to the quarterfinals, one-seeded Marquette, two-seeded St. John's, give me Marquette. 
to advance. Four seed to UConn, five seed to Providence. Providence really, you know, just kind of walking backwards into this tournament. Give me UConn to advance. Two seeded Xavier, seven seeded Seton Hall. Take Xavier. Three seeded Creighton, six seeded Nova. Give me Creighton. Uh, one seeded Marquette, four seeded UConn. Give me UConn. Uh, two seeded Xavier, three seeded Creighton. Give me Creighton to advance to the final. And I'm gonna you can have Creighton versus UConn in the final. Give me UConn to win the Big East tournament. ACC tournament double buys. So the reg- the buys for round one: Pittsburgh, NC State, North Carolina, Syracuse, Wake Forest. Double buys: Miami, Virginia, Clemson, Duke. So the first round, which has started, I believe. Here, I guess we can check the score. I do have. Oh, before I check the score, uh, I have FS. No, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. I have Georgia Tech to advance. It's my fault. I gotta change that up. I forgot that I had. I changed my pick last night. Just going over some things. I actually was going over some things, and I was like, yeah, I'll take Georgia Tech, actually. Um, so let's hear, before we go, let's check the... Uh, four to say Georgia Tech. Oh, it starts at one. Has not started yet, but I'm going Georgia Tech. Um, Boston College, Louisville. I'm going Boston College. Virginia Tech, Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to go Notre Dame, but I'm going to go Virginia Tech. I did go Virginia Tech. So round two, the buys, Miami, Virginia, Clemson, Duke. Q's versus Wake Forest. I'm going to take Q's to advance. Pitt versus Georgia Tech, give me Pitt. North Carolina, Boston College, give me North Carolina. North Carolina State, Virginia Tech, give me NC State. Quarterfinals, Miami versus Syracuse, give me Syracuse in an upset. Duke versus Pitt, give me Duke. Virginia versus North Carolina, give me Carolina. Clemson, NC State, give me Clemson. Semifinals, Duke Q's. Give me Duke. Clemson UNC, give me UNC. Duke UNC final. Give me UNC to win the ACC tournament. I had to go bold on one of these. I went really bold on, I actually went really bold on two of them. I'm going to North Carolina to win the ACC tournament. They find themselves in the NCAA tournament. Okay, SEC tournament. Buys, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Auburn, Mississippi State, Florida, Arkansas, double buys. Alabama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Missouri. Uh, Georgia LSU today. Uh, so I don't know if that's today. <sighs> LSU just doesn't score enough, dude. I'm going to go Georgia to advance. South Carolina, Old Miss. Give me South Carolina. Round two, buys. Alabama, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Missouri. Mississippi State, Florida. Give me Mississippi State to advance. Uh, Tennessee, South Carolina. Give me Tennessee. Auburn, Arkansas. Give me Arkansas. Um, Vanderbilt, Georgia. Give me Vandy. Quarterfinals. Alabama, Mississippi State. Give me Bama. Missouri, Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. A&M, Arkansas. Upset. Arkansas advances. Kentucky, Vanderbilt. Give me Arkansas. Getting Nick Smith back is huge for them. Bama, Tennessee. Give me Bama. Kentucky, Arkansas. Give me Arkansas. SEC tournament finals. Alabama, Arkansas. I'm going to take Arkansas to win the SEC tournament. I said it there first. There we go. Arkansas is going to win it. Big Ten buys Iowa, Maryland, Illinois, Michigan, Rutgers, Penn State. Double buys Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan State. So round one, Wisconsin, Ohio State. Give me Ohio State. Gotten a little better here at the end. Give me Ohio State to get an upset here. Nebraska, Minnesota. Give me Minnesota with another upset. Minnesota beats Nebraska. Round two buys Purdue, Nor- Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan State. Michigan, Rutgers. Give me Michigan. Iowa, Ohio State. Give me Iowa. Illinois, Penn State, give me Illinois. Maryland, Minnesota, give me Maryland. Quarterfinals, Purdue, Michigan. Michigan, upset. 
Michigan State, Iowa. Give me Iowa. Northwestern Illinois, give me Northwestern. Indiana, Maryland, give me Indiana. Semifinals, Iowa, Michigan, give me Michigan. Give me Iowa, excuse me. Northwestern Indiana, give me Indiana. Indiana, Iowa. Indiana wins the Big Ten tournament. The Big 12 tournament, obviously my favorite. Uh, round one, Kansas, Texas, K-State, Baylor, Iowa State, TCU, buys. West Virginia, Texas Tech, give me West Virginia. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, give me Oklahoma State. Quarterfinals, KU, West Virginia, give me KU. Baylor, Iowa State, Baylor. Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas. K-State, TCU, K-State, so chalk for me so far. KU, Baylor, KU in the semifinals. And then Texas, K-State, give me K-State. And then Kansas versus Kansas State in the finals. Kansas wins the Big 12 tournament. So there's my conference tournament predictions. Those will probably all be very off. Hopefully not the Big 12, though. But let's get into my 7.0 and 2023 NFL mock drafts. This is my 14th mock draft. We're what? We're about six weeks out now from the NFL draft. I cannot wait. Uh, so this is no trades. This is post-combine, just what, what I'm hearing a little bit. Bears, I'm going Will Anderson, edge out of Alabama. Texans, I think they, they love Bryce Young. They're still going to take him. Quarterback out of Bryce Young to the Texans at two. Cardinals, jump here. Tyree Wilson at three. Edge rusher out of Tech to the Cards. Colts at four. They go Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Seahawks, they take Jalen Carter, the interior D lineman out of Georgia. Lions go Miles Murphy, edge out of Clemson. Raiders go C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Falcons go Christian Gonzalez, corner out of Oregon. Panthers go Will Levis, quarterback, out of Kentucky. Eagles go Devon Witherspoon, cornerback, out of Illinois. Titans go Paris Johnson, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Texans, they go Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver of Ohio State, to give Bryce Young a weapon immediately. Jets go Broderick Jones, tackle out of Georgia. Patriots go Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State. Packers go Quentin Johnston, wide receiver out of TCU. Redskins go Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina. Steelers go Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Lions go ahead and double up on that D-line. They go Brian Brisset, the interior D-lineman out of Clemson. Buccaneers, they go with the speedster edge rusher, Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Seattle, they go double up on the D-line as well. They go an edge rusher, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. Ravens at 21 go Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC. Chargers, they go Jalen Hyatt, wide receiver out of Tennessee. Vikings go Keeley Ringo, the corner out of Georgia. Jaguars go Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama. Giants go Drew Sanders, interior linebacker out of Arkansas. Cowboys go Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Bills go Osiris Torrance, interior alignment out of Florida. Bengals go Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame. Saints go Josh Downs, wide receiver out of North Carolina. Eagles go Keon White, edge out of Georgia Tech. And I went with the gamble here. Chiefs take B. John Robinson, running back out of Texas. Why not get the Chiefs B. John Robinson? Um, but yeah, that'll do it. Uh, it's a good pod. You know, a lot of lists, so it's easier to go. It's, it's you know, you go a little quicker on these. Um, but UFC 285 is phenomenal. Watch with a couple buddies. It was a really good night. Um, what a night of fights that was. A really good card. Um, another pay-per-view coming up. Not this weekend, but the following is Usman. I guess here, let's take a look at Let's take a look at the uh, – we'll go – real quick, we'll go look at, like, the upcoming the upcoming cards. Already. There's a great card this weekend, too, is there not? I'm pretty sure this weekend is Marab and Yan. No? Yeah. So, and a great one. So, this week is Peter Yan versus Marab Divashili. 
um, in the main event, Alexander Volkov versus Alexander Romanov in the co-main. And then Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann had a catchweight re, re, uh, rebooked. And also Syed Nurmagomedov versus Jonathan Martinez. Ricardo Ramos versus Austin Lingo. Great card. Asun Sal's back versus Davey Grant. Mario uh, Bautista against Guido Canetti. Great card. Uh, and then that that's this weekend. And then the weekend after is the UFC 286 uh, pay-per-view. Um, main event. Edwards Usman 3, you have Gaethje Fiziev, Joanne Calderwood versus Luana, Car- Luana Carolina, Gunnar Nelson, Brian Barberina, Marvin Vittori, Roman Delice, Jack Shore versus Makwan Amarakani on the as the main event of the prelims. Great card there too. The main event runs right now are tremendous. And then you go Marlon Vera, Corey fucking Sandhagen. That fight is going to be batshit crazy. And this is a good fight night card too. Holly Holm, Yana Kunitskaya, Alex Quesares, Nate Landwehr, on uh, Andrea Lee versus Macy Barber, uh, Chidi is back as well. And then the next main event after that is Adesanya uh, Pereira too, along with Gilbert Burns, Masvidal, Font, Yanez, Kevin Hall, and Ponzinibbio, Gaslam, Chris Curtis, Raul Rosas is back, Kiesa Lee, Jean Lee, Michelle Waterson back, Chris Barnett, Chase Sherman. That card is stacked. Oh, and then don't get wrong, the next main event. These main events are on a run. Max Holloway, Arnold Allen in Kansas City, Barboza, Quillen, uh, Quarantillo. Kute Labe, uh, Bozer, Pedro Munoz, Chris Gutierrez, Bill Algeo, TJ Brown. And then the next main event, Pavlovich Blades. I mean, these cards. And then it's also Song Yudon, Ricky Simone. Oh, my God. This is a wild, wild run of main events here for the UFC. Unbelievable. Uh, we can get KB and the boys real quick. Uh, standings as goes. Uh, Holmberg went two and one last week. He's still at the top at seventeen and ten. I went two and one. I'm sixteen and eleven. Schmidt went two and one. He's fourteen and thirteen. Carter went one and two. He's twelve and fifteen. Nick went one and two. He's nine and eighteen. Penal parlay fell to zero oh and eight. But uh, yeah, we will be back with that, of course, on Friday. Um, Friday evening, usually kind of later, so we can get the lines and stuff. But yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Uh, we'll go Friday evening for sure. Um, and I'll be back next Tuesday with, uh, unedited. Thank you guys for listening again. Peace.